Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for the time that we get to come and worship you this morning. Lord, I thank you for the praise and worship. Lord, we just lift you high today. Lord, may all focus be on you. We give you all the thanks, Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen. We do want to remember um, Robbie Hunt and, uh, and his wife. They, uh, Robbie's sister, Becky Payne, had passed away. Dear sweet woman that I went to school with her and, and her husband both, she was one of those, uh, those people that uh, all through high school, she was always nice to everybody, and she will be greatly missed. Also, I want you to remember Doug Johnson in your prayers as well. Um, his wife Susan had passed away this week, and Doug's here today somewhere. Anyway, uh, back, he's out there. Well, uh, I want you to remember them in, in your prayers as family. And also, we had another first-time guest that did not raise their hand. Back here, Erica and Josh Yates are the proud parents of a new baby. Hey, that's one way to grow a church, isn't it? Not for you teens. Okay. First comes love, then comes marriage, and then you can, you can push a baby carriage. That's the order. Okay, uh, Drew, where are you at? Hey, that was some sick lyrics you were spitting out today, brother. Let's give him a hand. You know, um, for years, I didn't understand rap. Like, I didn't even like it for a long time. It just wasn't my style. But, you know, whenever, um, whenever I went back to, to, and was taking college classes and stuff, I had this class called Comp and Comp and Ret, and I was really horrible at it. But the, we were, got to this one portion of it where it was poetic patterns. And me, as like 30 years old, I didn't give a hoot about poetry, but it was, we were studying poetic patterns, and I asked my instructor, I said, this almost looks like rap. And he said, yes, this is exactly what this is. He said, it could be rap, it could be country, it could be whatever. He said, it's more about the lyrics than it is about the style. And so we can worship God in all different styles of music, and it's just whatever speaks to our soul. And then throughout the years, I have been accustomed to, to enjoying rap music. So not the gangster type of stuff. I'm not a, I'm not a gangster type of a person. <laughs> I was telling the guys at the, at the men's camp out the other day, I said, you want to know one of the things that's helped to keep me out of prison? I said, um, I, I was scared because I was scared because I knew I wouldn't fit in with the white gangs. I wouldn't fit in with the Hispanic gangs or the black gangs. I'd, it, I'd be like the only South Korean there. <laughs> and uh, I, they, they'd eat me alive. So that helped to keep me out of prison. You know, always I didn't have an easy time in school. Uh, school can be really tough. I had one teacher that he told me that I would never amount to anything. Now, granted... I will say this, I probably pushed him to the very outer limits. But yeah, he told me that I'd never amount to anything. Now, most of the other teachers, they encouraged me. I even had one that told me that I had great potential. You know, 
if you're a teacher or anybody that has anything to do with kids, don't ever tell them you're never going to amount to anything. Do you know what that does to people? It just like kills your spirit. I'm going to tell every, each and every person in here, anybody listening to this, you have great potential. Matter of fact, I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to tell them you have great potential. Thank you, Akia. Now you can't say nobody's ever told you that. Life's hard enough. We've got to encourage each other. Uh, I don't, I'm not very good at teaching kids. Matter of fact, Rick Hayes, raise your hand, Rick. He's our youth pastor. Rick has threatened me before that he was going to have me come in and teach the kids on sex and dating. And I said, there's no way. You don't want me doing that. I said, what am I going to tell them? Don't do that. You know? give them some pamphlets or something. I don't know. I'm no good at that. I've had, we've got five kids, but I, I wouldn't be very good at that. So I'm thankful for Rick on that. And I thankful, I'm thankful for the encouragement that he puts on our kids. And Erica is well back in kids church. And if we're going to have more babies, we're going to have to have more people volunteering back in the nursery. You didn't clap for that, did you? <laughs> I remember one time in the old building, um, I think it was, was it you, Ruth, that come running up there during service and, uh, or before service, it was either you or someone else, and you said, said Mark, we've got to have more people back in this nursery. Somebody's got to help watch these kids. And so the preacher said, asked for volunteers, and nobody volunteered. He said, all right. Somebody else can preach. And he walked off. And we were all sitting there like, oh, what are we going to do? And so people jumped up and went back. And after that, we didn't have any more trouble getting volunteers. Let's turn to Jeremiah 29. If you're on your phone looking it up, just put in Jeremiah 29, because we're going to be looking through there in different scriptures. I know a lot of people, especially women, are like, oh, I know he's going to Jeremiah 29, 11. I just know it. I love that scripture. I am going to be there, but I'm going to be other places too. Jeremiah 29, we'll start with verse 1. I said that because um, a lot of people, whenever they hear the, the chapter Jeremiah, they immediately think of 2911, but there's so much around that leading up to this that we're going to start with verse 1. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests. The prophets and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. What does the word exile mean? So, I wasn't even 100% for sure, I, th I had a pretty good idea, but it's basically someone who is displaced to where they are kicked out of, and this here is uh, referring to the, their country. So kicked out of somewhere, displaced, uh, 
you don't have, you no longer belong. You know, this has been a rough year for a lot of people. And uh, there's been a lot of people going through really, really tough times. Um, you know, health-wise, I myself have been having different health issues. Um, people have issues with their kids, you know, their, their jobs. If, if you've ever um, been downsized or something like that, you can feel displaced from your own profession. Uh, relationships with uh, friends or family, uh, not you, hun, we're good, okay? A uh, lot of displacement, people feeling totally, you know, you, sometimes from the outside, you can walk through life and it feels like every, everybody thinks that everything's going great, but deep down inside you, you're like a million miles away and you feel like I'm just about dead inside. That's being in exile. We don't have to do that. Verse 4, as we go down, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to, build, to Babylon. Now, this is while they're in exile, and this is God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. He's saying, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? While you're going through tough times and God's telling you, do not decrease. Increase. That's a good lesson in that. I'm going through tough times and you're telling me that I can be prosperous? Matter of fact, in the next line here, in verse 7, it says, Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So what he's saying is, even in these tough times, tough times that we have with families, tough times that you may be going through with your health, with your job, with different relationships, with your church, we can prosper. We don't need to decrease in numbers. We need to increase. Because guess what happens? Through these tough times, if we can persevere, what's going to happen whenever it, the good times roll? Things in our life will just blossom out and explode, won't they? There's a, <clears throat> I listen to a lot of things on church leadership and and growth things and stuff like that. And you hear all these professional people and professional pastors and stuff like that. They talk about church growth and they talk about the hardest group to reach is millennials. And, um, and so, you know, they have a lot of good stuff on that and everything. But you want to know one of the things that I have uh, come to a conclusion with? One of the things that millennials are attracted to, and when I say millennials, that's 23 to 38 authenticity. They want authentic. They want in their meat. They want grass-fed, farm-raised. I'd rather, you know, they, they want uh, homemade jellies. They want, you know, non-GMO, stuff like that. And that's most of them, you know, not all of them. They want what's authentic. And I have to think to myself, what's so wrong with that? Wanting the real deal. I want the same thing, and I'm almost 55. 
I want the real deal. And the same is with our experience with Christ and in church. I want the real deal. I don't want anything fake here. I don't want to come and every Sunday morning, I raise my hands and I want everybody to think everything's okay because sometimes everything's not okay, but that's okay. That's why we're here. If we had it all worked out and all figured out, we wouldn't necessarily have to be here, would we? But there isn't one person here that has a perfect life. We all have a void in our lives, and that void is filled with Christ. You know, um, there's this goofy show that, it's really not that goofy, it's a great show. It's called Coal Miner's Daughter, an old movie. It's with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Sissy Spacek. I'm not promoting the movie, but it was a really good one. There was this one particular part in there that I like, and it's whenever she's just now starting to sing, and he takes her to this uh, radio station, and they're trying to figure things out, and she's already got on the charts, and he's telling Do, her husband, he's telling her what all they're going to do next. And she says, Do, how'd you know so much about the music business? He said, I don't, darling, I'm making it up as I go along. We don't have to have it all figured out because God's got it all figured out right in His Word, doesn't He? We got to persevere and keep on going. We have potential. We have hope. And God has our plan for the future. He's already had that all figured out. And I know the, the, the Israelites, they went through 70 years of exile, but... We're probably, you know, if you're going through tough times right now, you may have been going through it for a, uh, maybe a few years. But if you're go- at the height of that, at that pinnacle of where, man, I don't know if I can get any worse, guess what? There is good times coming, and things are going to get better. There, the story of Abraham and Isaac, as he's taken Isaac up and going to offer him up as a sacrifice and doesn't know what's going to happen up there. He's just trusting in God. And whenever he gets up there, and right before he gives uh, Isaac as a sacrifice, there's a ram that appears in the thicket, and he's caught there by his horns. And so the sacrifice is provided, and so he doesn't have to offer up Isaac. There's a lot of scholars that, that say that they bet that as Abraham and Isaac was walking up the mountain that that ram may have been going up the other side at the same time, and he couldn't even see that. I need some help from Rick, and do you have another helper over here? My trademark is any time that you have something underneath a drop cloth is whenever I'm preaching. However, Rick stole my trademark the other day, and he had something under some black cloths. That's okay. Don't drop it off the platform, guys. Thank you very much. You can unveil. Frank Taylor, do you know what this is? Do you know where they came from? Yep. These doors are very near and dear to me. I'm going to tell you something that a whole lot of people don't know about these doors. These came out of the, where, what is the teen basement now, 
And uh, Frank and his crew took these out, and uh, we didn't have anything to do with them really. And as you can see, they're pretty worn and weathered. And we were, had the ranger building out back here, and we had a wood shop in it, and so these doors went in it. And um, so that's where they were at until we built the camp bathrooms out there, and then we took them out again. I told Mark Miller, I said, don't throw those away. I want them doors. So we've had them in storage. I remember one time, and here's the thing about history. History, you can't dwell on the past, but you can, what history is so important for is to learn from, right? So that we don't make the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. You do the same practices over and over again, you'll get the same results. That's why history is so important. These doors, I remember one time Mark Shell. He told me, he said, after they had added on to the basement over there, that he remembers he had, would schedule a revival. And he said, many a times, he would stand behind this door, and he would look out of it, and he would expect for tons of people to come. And he said, he would stand there sometimes, and nobody would come, or very few people would come. And he would get discouraged. And he said one time that God just dropped something in his spirit. And it was, Mark, things won't always be this way. And there was times whenever later on, one by one, people would start coming. And that's why we got door greeters that open up the door to let people in. And throughout the years... Hundreds and thousands of people give their lives to Christ here. Things weren't always that way. And whatever you're going through in life, things won't always be this way. Orchardville Church, you have a hope and you have a future in Christ. If the musicians would go ahead and come. After that day, there would be different times whenever guys would come and I don't know why they'd tell me all kinds of stuff. They'd be going through different things. And I would take them out to the wood shop and I'd tell them, I'd say, look through these windows. And I would tell them the same story. And I'd tell them it wasn't, wouldn't always be this way. God has a plan, a plan for you and, and of hope and future. If you all please, would please stand. I've talked about a hope and a future and potential, and you've got to start somewhere for your future, and that start is with having Jesus in your life. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart to, before, I would ask you to do that today. As they play, if you would come on down, if you, if you need that in your life, if you need Christ in your life, come down and I'll pray with you and I'll lead you to the Lord. If you feel more comfortable with uh, somebody else, there'll be someone that meets you here down here.
for whatever your needs are. If you need uh, prayer for health, for healing in your body, your spirit, I'd ask for you to come now as they play.